0: Like my wife said, my name is Gino Allison. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome you to the South Suburban Vineyard Church. Most of you, practically all of you, are joining us through our Facebook live stream that this our worship teams in here scattered about. Uh, but I want to welcome you to the South Suburban Vineyard Church. As we uh, broadcast live here, uh, as I stand here preaching to empty seats, I told one of our staff earlier that I've prepared my whole church planting life to, like, Preach to empty seats. I feel like I was made for this moment. So we spent all this time trying to fill this room and now we get to preach to empty seats. But I'm glad that you're here on this Sunday morning as we engage and continue our uh, sermon series that I started last week, a series that we're simply calling The Real Jesus. And as we engaged this series last week, I said a series like this is necessary to talk about the real Jesus because there are plenty of counterfeit versions of Jesus rolling around out there. So the goal of this series is to get acquainted with the real Jesus so you won't settle for a counterfeit version. To get acquainted with the real Jesus so you won't be taken by a counterfeit version of Jesus. We started this series last week by highlighting the sufficiency of Christ. A different way we put it was the enoughness of Christ. We looked at Jesus as being the bread of life, basically uh, laying out the fact that he satisfies, he's enough. I want to continue this series today by highlighting the steadiness of Christ, right? While the world is going crazy, while things are falling down all around us, it's important to understand that one of the distinguishing marks or distinguishing characteristics of Jesus Christ is that he is a steadying Reality and friends, I don't need to tell you this, but we're probably experiencing some of the most unsettling times that we've ever been in. Uh, This world is in shock and in panic as it experiences this uh, global pandemic, uh, this disease that is spreading, and the news is frightening us, and we're unsettled by it. What we need most is the steadying presence of Jesus. And all throughout my Christian life, as I've studied the scriptures and gotten acquainted with the real Jesus, I have found that he is a constant in the chaos. That when I turn my eyes to him and when I fix my gaze upon him, no matter what's happening in the world, there's a steadying reality to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And I want to draw our attention to that as we engage these shocking and trying times. We need to locate Jesus in our lives so that we can access him as this steadying presence, as this constant in the chaos. and the moments that I spend with you today, I hope to do that. I want to look at a passage of Scripture this morning from Mark chapter 4. I want to start at verse 35. You can feel free to follow along with me on your phones or with your paper Bibles if you have them there. Um, I'm going to be looking at Mark chapter 4. And while you find that, let me just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Thank you so much, Father, that in these crazy times we can count and rely on you. Father, I thank you that uh, we can trust you and we can lean on you. But, Father, in order to do that, we have to fix our eyes upon you. And so, Father, would you show yourself to us in the midst of this? And as we open your word today, Father, would you make the words come alive and may we gain peace and perspective as we engage the word today. Put power on these words that you've given me to speak. Move the preacher out of the way this morning. So that your truth and your light may shine through. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Mark chapter 4, I'm gonna start at verse 35. It says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go, excuse me, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat. And he began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, I find that this is a very fitting text for the hour. This text can very easily be applied to what we're experiencing in our lives, what we're experiencing in our communities, what we're experiencing in our country, and what we're experiencing around the world. This is a fitting text for the hour. Because in this text, we see a great and mighty storm, chaos, right? The disciples get into a boat. They've gotten in boats many times before. But in this time, they have this horrifying experience. And this is a perfect example of us just going about our normal, everyday life... And then something crazy happens, right? Something chaotic happens. And out of nowhere, we're just going about life, and this crazy proverbial storm happens. We've all experienced this. You're just going about life, and all of a sudden, some relational chaos happens, maybe with the kids or the grandkids, maybe with your friends or your coworkers. Or with your spouse or a significant other. Maybe you're just going about your normal everyday worker day life and it's a financial storm just pops up out of nowhere. Or you're going about your normal day life and all of a sudden a health crisis or a health storm pops up out of nowhere. And maybe you're just a regular citizen in any town USA just going about your business. And an international pandemic springs up out of nowhere. And as you watch this unfold in the news, like I have over the last few weeks, it's almost like it's been ripped from the screenplay of a Hollywood movie. Uh, Schools closing down, churches like ours, empty, sitting empty on Sunday morning as people like you watch on a live stream, sporting events, whole seasons canceled. Grocery store shelves are being emptied as people panic, and they panic by what in the world is going on. We're experiencing, like them, a sudden storm. There's chaos in this story, but also present in this story, which is really significant, is Jesus is in this story. Jesus is in this story, and if we can locate him, excuse me, (coughs) and see what he's doing, and see what he's up to, I think it makes all the difference. And my challenge and charge to you, all of you, and all of you watching via live stream, is to try to locate Jesus in your present story, in this present circumstance, in this moment of chaos. There's three quick things that I notice here that I want to point out that should matter to us and might help steady us in our moment of storm and chaos. The first thing I notice is that Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is there in the boat. Now, if you miss everything that I say today in these few moments, don't miss this. And somebody got distracted, you had to go get the muffins out of the uh, oven, or you had to pour some more milk for your kids, and you probably missed this. But don't miss this. The most important thing is that Jesus was in the boat. This is a game changer. It says in verse 36, so they took Jesus in the boat. He was physically in their boat with them. He was there. And this only matters if you're able to recognize and see that Jesus is there. It only makes a difference if you're, only, if you're able to see Jesus there, to recognize him there, to, to feel the comfort of his steadying presence. They had a real physical Jesus in the boat. And I got to tell you, the fact that they're freaking out with Jesus like right there in the boat makes me feel a lot better about the moments where I freak out. I know the Spirit of God is with me. I know God's presence is with me, and I freak out. But, but I see here this normalizes this whole panic instinct within us that even though God is like right there with us, we still freak out because we focused on something else. And how many of you know uh, that Jesus is in your boat with you right now? Doesn't matter what kind of storm you're experiencing, whether it's relational, whether it's financial, whether it's vocational, whether you're totally freaked out and taken aback by this global pandemic, Jesus is in your boat right now. The psalmist says in Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. The psalmist says, and it rings true today, that I can't go anywhere to escape God's presence. And so the steadying reality, the way that Jesus can be for us, a constant in the chaos is that we recognize that he is right there in the boat. The only way this makes a difference is if we leverage that as we pay attention to it and we focused, But these guys, like us, they struggled. They panicked. They were afraid, which leads me to the second thing that I notice about this, is that Jesus was bothered by all of this. Our panic, our worry, our fear, our stressing, us being consumed by the chaos, Jesus was bothered in this story. Well, he was bothered for two reasons, really. The first was that he was sleeping. You ever been woken up out of your sleep? It's like your kids come and wake you up at 3 in the morning just because they want something silly or frivolous like juice. And you're like, it's 3 o'clock. I was in some good sleep. You woke me up, right? Jesus is bothered because he was woken up. He was roused from his sleep. Something woke him up. Now, was it the thunder? Was it the howling winds? Was it the waves lapping into the boat and the cold water splashed him on his back and he was stirred awake? Was that what woke him up? Absolutely not. It was his disciples that woke him up. It was his disciples that woke him up. And the second reason he was bothered, not only that he was woken up, but he was stirred by his disciples who were in full panic meltdown mode. Does that sound familiar? But any of us admit to slipping into panic mode, slipping into meltdown mode, getting wrapped up and internalizing the chaos? Can any of us admit to that being our reality this week? They woke him up, and before he can get the sleep out of his eyes, they accused him of not caring about them, of not taking an interest in him. They shouted, teacher, don't you care that we are going to ground. They had already played this out. They're going to die. They're going to be doomed. This is going to be over for them. And they were upset at the master because they found him sleeping. And Jesus' reply to them, after he calms the storm, by the way, is that he asked them two very important questions. He asked them, why are you afraid? And he asked them, do you still have no faith? Now, those are heavy questions, particularly when they're coming from Jesus, right? And with this question... He connects their fear to their faithlessness. That's really important. With this question, Jesus connects their fear to their faithlessness. He doesn't coddle them. He doesn't say, come here, guys, it's going to be all right. He challenges their fear and connecting it to their faithlessness. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus is bothered as a human. He's bothered. He's been woken up. As a Messiah, he's bothered because his boys have not put their trust in him. And as a discipler, he's bothered because he seems to figure that they should have gotten this by now. They had enough information, enough experience to trust him, and they didn't. Their fear exposes their real issue, and they didn't trust Jesus. The real issue is that they didn't trust Jesus. And they didn't really trust Jesus yet because they didn't really know him well yet. And had they known him and had they trusted him, the storm would have still come. The waves would have still lapped into the boat, but they would have reacted differently to the chaos, to the storm. Their fear points to their real issue. And Jesus says to them, Why are you afraid? He says to them in other places in scriptures, do not fear, do not worry, do not be anxious. And I don't know about you, but that seems kind of like a silly thing to say to somebody. I don't know about you, but I don't have to tell myself to be afraid, right? It's a physiological, emotional response to external things that are happening. It seems to happen without me telling my body to be afraid or telling my heart to be afraid. In fact, if I could tell myself to not be afraid and be that simple, I would have done it millions of times before, it seems kind of strange. But Jesus isn't telling you to grab a hold of yourself and command your body and your heart and your emotions not to be afraid. He's, he's pointing to where your eyes should be on him. And somehow this works that as you turn your eyes toward Jesus and see his bigness and his grandness, that has somehow an impact on how you relate to the storms and the chaos in your life. And so Jesus isn't saying, get yourself together and stop being afraid. He's essentially challenging their faith in him, their trust in him. And in essence, what Jesus is saying is, fix your eyes on me, get to know me, put your trust in me, cast your cares on me. Because when we do this, we still will go through the storms, we we'll still will go through the chaos, and we still might need to hold on to the boat as it you know, traverses those choppy waters. We still might have to latch down the cargo as things get crazy. We still might ooh and ah as we hit those waves. We still might get soaking wet, might even get a little seasick. But we won't flip out and panic because we are riding along with the one who calms the seas. We're riding along with the one who in the beginning spoke to nothing and created everything that we see. The elements that are causing this fear and panic were the elements that God has total command over. And so as we fix our eyes on him, as we lean into faith and trust, all of a sudden we see our fear subside. Jesus is saying, fix your eyes on me. The third thing I see in this story is that Jesus demonstrates his power. And this is an interesting one, but there's some tension here. But it must be stated that Jesus actually calms the storm. Verse 39 says, When he woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Verse 40, 41 tells the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other, that even the winds and the waves obey him. And so Jesus, as he's woken from his sleep, demonstrates his power and his mastery over the elements, and he calms the storms. He calms the seas. He silences the thunder, and he calms the storm. And we see the disciples' reaction. They are filled now with awe and wonder. In fact, the scriptures say that they were terrified. Just moments ago, they were terrified by the winds and waves. And now, as they fix their eyes on Jesus, as he has their full attention, they are now terrified perhaps in the best possible way, by Jesus. There's no more mention of the storm anymore. They're terrified. They have awe and wonder about Jesus now. And all of a sudden, the things of the earth, the elements, have grown strangely dim. They have faded now in the background as they now try to piece together who this man is that stands before them. And I would suggest to you today that God, uh, who created all things, who spoke to nothing and created all things, is master of all things. And if you fear him, you have nothing else to fear. Now, you might ask, Pastor, why doesn't Jesus just get up and calm this storm? Why doesn't he just settle this matter? Why don't he just wave his hand? Why don't he speak a word? Why did this happen in the beginning? Why did he allow this? And I have a very simple and hopefully profound answer for you. I don't know. I don't know. It pains me to say that. I do not know. But what I do know is that not even death can separate me. That whether I make my bed in heaven or I make it in the depths, he's there. No panic, no fear, no worry, no coronavirus, no panic and fear, no shutting downs or self-quarantining or whatever can ever separate me from his love. He's got this, he's got you, he's in your boat, with you right now that's hard to believe it's hard to see but jesus wants you to lean the weight of your life on him today to trust him to lean on him so some of you are watching this and you've never surrendered your life to jesus and you're wondering do i have access to this steady presence can jesus be in my boat of course he can be in your boat scriptures tell us that anybody who calls upon the name of the lord shall be saved That anybody who would believe in Jesus, that he is who he says he is, can have the same comforting presence. And if you're watching today and you'd like that comforting presence in your life, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've lived my life for myself. I confess that. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose again. I need your presence in my life. I need you in my boat. These storms are scaring me. They're frightening me. They're overtaking me. And I need... You, Lord, to be the constant in my chaos. Who among us today needs to see Jesus in the boat? Who among us needs to know that Jesus is really, literally bothered when we don't trust him? Who else among us needs to know that Jesus has power over any storm that we can possibly deal with? My charge to you today, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, whether this gets better or worse, is to trust him, to see him there with you, so that you, you might experience the fullness of his peace. It's all right, writer said to turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his glorious face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your steady presence. Our challenge this week is to see you in the midst of this, to perceive you to lean on you, to trust in you, to fix our eyes upon you and watch the things of this world, though they're real, though they're pressing, though they're dangerous, though they're scary, to watch the things of the earth grow strangely dim. And Father, we pray that you, the great overcomer, would overtake and overcome this global pandemic. Would you spare lives? Would you bring healing? Would you bring hope? Would you bring the necessary supplies? Father, I know that you are master of calming the storm within us as well. And so would you steady us. And I pray that your church would rise up and be your church. Bless us. Keep us. Steady us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.